0: I like, I like the anonymous executive quotes. Like, oh, I guess he got injured again on the plane.
1: <laughs> well, I think we, we hashed that out. Uh, John Gibbons is sick and tired of all this BS, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying stubby clap. As the actual <laughs> name that a person uses on a day-to-day basis is unbelievable.
0: Canadian <laughs> Hero stubby clap.
1: And welcome to episode number 117 of Artificial Turf Wars, where we're so far behind schedule, Josh Donaldson almost started working before we did. <laughs> I am joined tonight by Joshua Housem as usual. How you doing, Josh?
0: real good and you uh,
1: I am, I am good. I'm good I'm I'm hesitant to say excellent we're gonna go with excellent sure why not and since boy. I'm, I'm feeling so excellent uh, what could bring more joy to the booth here than adding a third man in the incomparable Nick Dyke Nick welcome back
2: hey Greg hey Josh good to see you guys or I uh, no, I guess I don't really see you but good good to hear you
1: you can pretend you see us it's okay
2: <laughs> i can just click the little button on skype and i'm sure i could see something both of you
1: yeah perhaps me in time (laughs) somewhere oh my goodness we have a week and a bit to cover because of uh, some scheduling difficulties on our side so in in that week josh donaldson was traded which made everybody unhappy i think except maybe i don't know Ross Atkins I'm not sure Um, Curtis Granderson was also dealt which uh, there was a lot less reaction to that Uh, Rowdy Tellez uh, called up tore up the league for about a week we'll see how that goes going forward Um, also got uh, Dwight Smith Jake Petrichka Danny Jansen Uh, we didn't get Vlad Jr. and that also got people talking Uh, John Gibbons this, this looks to be his his swan song uh, he's been directed to play the kids, and uh, and then maybe we'll go out into the sunset. We were talking uh, for the last couple weeks about what Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez were going to show us as the season ended, and one of them is not going to show us anything except maybe another blister. We have your questions. We have Todd Fraser in the you ain't cheating, you ain't winning category, or you ain't playing category, I should say. And then, of course, we have our final thoughts. We shall begin with the most misery-inducing news of the week. Josh Donaldson traded... Which, uh, did you shed a tear, Josh?
0: I didn't shed a tear, but I don't know. I was a little little disappointed. I kind of wanted to watch him play through the end of the season.
1: So it it, it certainly was weird. Um, We have a question about this later. But just briefly, Nick... um, the whole—he's on the disabled list. No, he's totally rehabbing. We totally traded him. Oh, he's back on the disabled list. How did you feel when that went down?
2: It—it uh, it kind of felt like a situation where they were doing everything they could. They being the the Blue Jays front office to kind of get him in a position where they could trade him. That's that's kind of how I interpreted all the kind of shuffling him between the DL and rehab games and and stuff like that. And and like Josh, I was, I was kind of disappointed. I didn't get to see him at least play one more time in a a Jays uniform.
1: It, It seemed like they really wanted to get something out of him and get him out of the door, out of the door all at once. Did they get anything of value for him, Josh?
0: Well, technically we don't know the answer to that yet because the player is a player to be named later. But of course this is, you know, the real world, and it leaked almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so Julian Merriweather is the guy that's going to be coming back, and so here's the thing: if you told me before the season the Blue Jays are going to trade Josh Johnson and get Julian Merriweather, I'd be really angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about a guy who's going to be 27 in October, who's missed the entire season with Tommy John, and has never pitched in the major leagues and got shelled in his only four A into AAA baseball that's the bad the good Mary Weather was a late he was 21 or when he was 22 when he was drafted so he was a late start guy and uh, by all accounts he has one of the best fastballs in the Cleveland minor league system so
1: sorry it seems I, like he I, could, we missed that on the mic he has one of the best
0: fastballs in the Cleveland minor league system thank you and so, and he throws strikes or, this is the thing, is he if he's what he was before getting hurt, which a guy throws hard, throws strikes and has like a decent off-speed arsenal, that's not a bad guy to get for an August 31st waiver trade. But he just had Tommy John. They don't know if that's what they're getting.
1: How did we fall so far in six months? Well, The thing I
2: guess I don't understand is given that we we did fall so far and that Donaldson was traded as his absolute lowest value, I don't understand why the Jays did it. Because if you look at the Jays' recent moves, it seems like they're set on kind of like accumulating assets, kind of regardless of how those players fit into the current roster. Like, you know, they traded for... Billy McKinney, who is basically Randall Grichik and Teoscar Hernandez, or they got Brandon Drury, who looks a lot like,
1: uh, you know,
2: yeah, Gurriel and Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> so given their kind of like focus on this kind of like accumulate the assets and figure out how to best build the team later, I don't get why they traded Donaldson when his value will never be lower. And, you know, in my opinion, there is a good chance that his value is going to be higher you know, whether they offered him a qualifying offer and he didn't take it and then they get to the pick or whether they held on to him and traded him at midseason. Like, it just seems like all the other outcomes would have led to better results. Well,
0: I mean, I, I'll agree with the I think Greg and I, we had this discussion before. Like we would have wanted to qualify him and keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's a chance that Julie Merweather is better than whatever they're going to get for the 75th or 80th pick or whatever Donaldson's qualifying offer would have been.
2: Right. Assuming, Assuming he doesn't take it.
0: Right. So if they had some knowledge that there was no chance that Josh Donaldson was going to take the qualifying offer, which I don't know how they could have had that, but if they did or if for some weird reason they were planning not to offer it, this isn't bad. But but I'm like you, and I think that they could have gotten a lot more value by bringing him back.
1: It it does seem to be a bit mystifying. And also, uh, they had to work really hard to get the letter of the CBA adhered to so that they could trade him in the first place. So, I mean, they, they were really determined to get him into games in the minor leagues to roster him knowing that there was a good shot that it was going to look really lousy if Cleveland couldn't bring him to the majors immediately. In fact, to the point of the other 29 teams uh, making some, or 28 teams, making some noise about the fact that, you know, he he really wasn't traded as a legitimately playable player.
0: Yeah, we have a a question about part of that uh, from when we get to the next segment, obviously, the questions part. But, yeah, I mean, this sort of, tells us that there was no chance they were going to offer a qualifying offer because then they could let him heal for another week and brought him back to the big leagues and see how he does and see if he's worth bringing back for another year or whatever. But the fact that they put him out there as an injured player who was not ready but said he was healthy enough to somehow clear waivers and then, <laughs> and then hmm. I, like, I like the anonymous executive quotes like, oh, I guess he got injured again on the plane. <laughs>
1: that's what i was thinking i don't know
0: yeah so it was it was some shady stuff but i mean good on that for getting it to work
1: yeah i have a feeling that that next time someone tries that maybe it's not going to work nearly as well uh with the league but we'll we'll have to see um is there any other thought you had on jd either of you because we are going to discuss you know that would would we have done that that way and the question's portion because we did have another trade to
0: talk about nick you can go first
1: uh sorry
2: greg you cut out there and what was the question sorry did you have have any other thoughts about jd oh you just you know it it is kind of sad to see one of the players who's so instrumental in kind of the best blue jays teams the last 20 years leave like that and you know i said this mostly in in jest on twitter but um you know When the the trade came out, I I jokingly said, is it okay? Are we allowed to dislike the Blue Jays' front office yet? Because I sure would like to. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I replied, you need to come on the podcast this week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I I do think, again, that I don't think the front office is terrible by any stretch of the imagination. But this is, you know, the second time that we've seen them kind of misread Uh, a situation that's that's led to them getting suboptimal results uh i was thinking of this and the kendrick's morales trade or the signing and letting edwin go to cleveland um it just seems like they their kind of ability to read the market leads to them either selling low on players or offering other ones too much money um and again that doesn't mean they're a bad front office it just feels like these kind of big moves that they've made uh seem to go that way
0: yeah yeah i mean i guess you can't really blame them for donaldson being out forever but
1: but well, getting to getting, be fair, <laughs> he would yeah yeah getting rid of a, that, that that also seemed to be something that we don't we don't have enough information on is, is donaldson has been putting out signals through his agency and everything else that he just generally was not impressed uh i i Again, there's some friction there. Maybe that's why they wanted to get him off the roster, but they certainly got what they wanted, and a franchise icon didn't even get to so much as wave goodbye. He cleared out his locker, played some minor league games, and shuffled out the door.
0: Yeah, and then unfortunately, because of the goofy machinations that led to the Red Sox and Yankees and and Astros complaining, he missed the Jays series against Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Eh,
1: Perfect in a way that uh, it was completely imperfect. We did see another player leave, and, and with no pomp and ceremony, Curtis Granderson once again became the August uh, playoff qualifier trade candidate. Uh, it was the Brewers he went to, right? Yep. Did Did anything come back there of any any significance, my my friend Josh?
0: Oh, well, you're gonna put this one on me to say the guy's name. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, do, do can we try to pronounce it at the same time? Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> With, <laughs> With it might the be delay tough over involved
1: Skype. in the way we record this, no, you, there is no way correct. for you to pronounce something at the same time.
0: <laughs> That's the correct answer. Demi Oromolige. Um, I, yeah. His real name is three O's, and they're really long. But he's a he's a Nigerian-born Canadian outfielder who seems like he's really tooled up. Which you know, I mean, he's a flyer. He strikes out a lot, so there's a lot of risk in his game but he's one of those guys that like if you're gonna get something for Curtis grandison on August 31st it's not bad uh
1: certainly there was no room for Curtis grandison on this roster so I, I guess any return is hey why not
0: right you know he's fast has a bit of pop you know runs you know runs well like no that's fast and runs well but like runs well in the like, good roots in the outfield so I mean maybe <laughs> if he learns to not strike out so much if only.
1: So I, I think there's another guy who I, I guess he maybe got a, more of a chance because we sort of knew he was going out. But, but I, I do regret that Curtis Grandison's time was so short in Toronto because he, he seemed like a genuinely good human being. Uh, nice guy to have around. And uh, that's, you know, that can't be discounted in today's game, I don't think. We've had a lot of discussions about guys who who haven't, you know, had the greatest reputations this season. And uh, and Curtis, with his charity work and just with his general personality and and his approachableness, it was really nice to say that he'd been a Blue Jay. So I'm kind of going to miss him, not maybe as much as I would miss the production of a Josh Donaldson, but uh, I, I hope he does well wherever he goes. Yeah. Same. So <laughs> out with the old, in with the new, Rowdy Tellez, who everybody was pretty sure couldn't hit any pitching because he had a rough year. Uh, also had a rough personal year and an incredible personal story with, with his mother passing away from cancer. Finally gets his shot in the bigs, and wow. I, which wowed you the most, Nick?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, the consecutive doubles uh, was pretty impressive. And like you were saying, it is. it's really great to hear, you know, him get that opportunity and, and make the most of it, especially you know, given the year he's had. So it's, you know, those are the kind of stories that we can kind of enjoy when, you know, we're watching a team that's 30 games out in September and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say enjoy them for, for all we can. Cause yeah, that's, that's what September baseball is about this year.
0: Yeah. And that's actually a really good point because I was at that game that uh, the extra inning one where they ended up winning with the walk-off by Kevin Pilar. And people were just loving Rowdy Tellez. Yeah. (laughs) There were 20-some-odd thousand people there. I can't remember exactly what the number was. And when he hit his first double, the crowd went nuts. And then when he hit another double, the crowd went absolutely crazy. It was his sixth double of his first six hits. And he had a home run for his seventh hit. So, I mean, it's fun at least to see – Someone who, like you said, has a really good story and who we've known about for a very long time, come up and do something kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's always possible in baseball to get yourself mentioned in a in some context because people tweak numbers to these really weird windows. Uh, but to get mentioned with Joe DiMaggio is a lot of fun because they can't really take that away from you to say that you know you share a, a rookie doubles record with Joe DiMaggio. It it feels special, right, when when you're attached to a legend in one way or another.
0: Yeah, yeah For for uh, six doubles in a, in a three game span, and he he was the first player in the live ball era to do that in their first three games.
1: So I, again, the, the biggest splash uh, he could make, I think, you know, in, in terms of of w- well beyond any expectations that we might have had for him. So. Yeah, and he can pinch hit a little bit too. You know, the first one was pinch hit, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I think there's something to be asked to be said here. I mean, the same thing is going to apply to Billy McKinney, and applied, and then we're now seeing why to Lourdes Gurriel. It's what we saw last year with uh, Richard Iraniya, T- yep, and Teosca T- Hernandez. This idea, like these guys come out with this amazing short hot streak, and everyone gets all on board, and it's like, well, let's. Temper those expectations a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not suggesting the great potential of Rowdy Tellez. I'm, I'm suggesting the great memories that he's already built for himself in the big leagues. Um, yeah, that, yeah, this that... wasn't
0: about you, you or Nick. It was just sort of a, a general thought to the world that we tend to, as fans, want to extrapolate these performances and say, this guy's ready to be a force next year. And it's like, well, maybe not.
1: No, that, that old adage of never believe anything you see in April or September, I've, I I tend to, you know, I don't swear by it, but I, I certainly understand why it's out there.
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, people who are a lot closer to the game than me. They talk about how baseball is a game of adjustments and, you know, Rowdy Tellez has come to the major leagues and... Nobody has a book on him yet, and I think pitchers will start to adjust to him, and then then we'll really see what happens next because he needs to either adjust back or he's going to, you know, stop hitting doubles every other at-bat. So I think that's, that's important to keep in mind, too, is, you know, and I think it's important to keep in mind that he has struggled to make adjustments in the past in the minor leagues, and that might be kind of a, an indication that as pitchers see him more at the major league level – he might struggle as well.
1: Indeed.
0: Uh, That's not, I mean, a little bit of a different characterization. Typically it's, he starts slow and then did adjust. That was his MO all the way up until his horrible season while his mom was sick. Like even his great year in AA, he started off terribly and then he adjusted to the league. So I'm not trying to say that he won't, but just like you're saying, it's like their pitchers are going to adjust and then we'll see.
2: Right. Even, even look like veteran players will go on these kind of like, hot streaks and it doesn't mean they've turned into you know superstars
1: it, it is difficult uh to judge a player in a short period of time i think that's what everything comes down yeah. to regardless yeah, exactly. of locker skill so the other guys who were supposed to judge in a short period of time i guess uh dwight smith is back is he is he back with a vengeance though is the question <laughs>
0: um He's coming off the bench. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I'm just looking at the the Blue Jays' offensive statistics in the last 30 days, and it's 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 a weird picture. We have we have Rowdy at the top, we have Billy McKinney, and we have Kendrys Morales.
0: Well, I think the Blue Jays also happen to have like a 36 band roster right now, which is just insane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is part of <laughs> Ross Atkins' "Let's Play the Kids" philosophy now.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, if you're Dalton Pompey and Anthony Alford, what else
1: you be thinking right now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: um, Danny Jansen at least is getting some reps uh, that make more sense.
0: Yeah, and same with Reese McGuire, right? Uh, we're getting to see both the catchers. You know, McGuire obviously has more of a defensive reputation, whereas Jansen is the hitter, but they are both looked alright. They're very short spurts, and as you said, and Nick said, like this is what it's going to be from here to the end of the season,
2: as kind of like a little bit of fun with fan graphs, uh, Danny Jansen has been worth the same amount of war in eighteen games as Russ Martin has in ninety this season. Um, <laughs>
0: uh, solid,
1: yeah, poor russell, I mean what what about what about his defensive versatility though?
0: isn't that utility russell martin that's
1: right <laughs> it's gotten so weird um jake patrychka uh is is he a guy or a guy josh
0: i don't know <laughs> uh, I, no. answer. I mean patrychka was once Quite good when he was closing games for the White Sox a few years ago. Then he had all these arm problems. His stuff seems to be back. I mean, you, if you saw his, his last outing when he struck out the side, he finished the last one with a 97 mile an hour sinker that just dove under the guy's bat. So possibly, but he also has this tendency to just be terrible. So maybe next year, he's another year removed from being injured with like, you know, this is his first full healthy season since 2015. He could actually be something. Cool.
1: Um, so the elephant that's not in the room, to speak of, is is Vlad Guerrero Jr. And um, Vlad is, of course, going to the Arizona Fall League, but he's getting nowhere near any major league service time. Uh, this is probably a discussion we've we've kind of touched on a few times, um, but ultimately, no. Uh, it, it seems to finally sort of have, hit, I don't know, hit kind of the public realization that he really is not getting called up here.
0: And they officially said he's not.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, from, from that perspective, is this something that we defend the blue Jays for per se? I guess is, is my question, Nick.
2: No, I'm, I mean, I was totally kind of on board back in May when he was in double A and he was blocked at third base by Donaldson. I totally saw the rationale for keeping him in the minor leagues, getting him reps at third base. You know, he hadn't proven it at triple a, but at this point, I don't think there's any way Uh, you can carry water for the Jays, not, not bringing him up. Um, You know, especially given that it has been such a difficult year to watch the blue Jays, you know, as a fan, I'm sure tons of fans would love to see Vlad get his cup of coffee in September and, you know, give him something to talk about and cheer for. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any way you can defend it other than the, you know, the CBA in enticing them to do it or making it in their interest to do it and I don't know, about, that's not for me to defend.
0: I'm about to defend it. Oh, okay. Um look, this, we can talk about the CBA and the value of the logic of keeping him down. You you alluded to that. I mean, that's a lot of big old can of worms that really we don't need to get into because we've talked about it in the past, but the one that Really nobody's talking about. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not on the forty man roster. He does not need to be added to the 40 man roster this offseason. And that is a big deal because the Blue Jays have five, six, seven guys that need to be added this year or else be exposed to the rule five, including some of the guys they traded for at the deadline in Perez and uh, Wall. So if they are with all these guys they've added, you mentioned accumulating all these assets, McKinney, Drewry diaz before they have very few 40 man spots available so taking one up just to give the fans a boost in september which will then cost you a prospect in the offseason seems like a very poor sighted short-sighted move to me
1: i feel like you know vlad jr might be the player that the players union takes as their shining example uh into the next set of negotiations for the I for think the that CBA. would be a bad idea
0: in I that, think they should. I think they should be doing Eloy Jimenez that that would make more sense because Eloy Jimenez is on the 40 man or has to be added to the 40 man because if you're the if you're the Major League Baseball and you just say look look at that roster look what happened then the the, the case is done
1: I, I think they're looking in terms though of, of, of generally good young exciting players are what this league needs and everything disincentivizes anything but a, a playoff team from promoting good young players until they're ready to be in the playoffs, unless they've got a whole bunch of them lined up all at once. But that's, I mean, obviously that's hard to do.
0: All oh, right. You said to the negotiations, not for a, not for yes. a grievance. Yeah. Well, I mean, they'll point to a, a bunch of them, which I think is going to be the thing because you have Chris Bryant from a few years back, which everyone knows about, but then Ronald Acuna was getting held down this year. And then you're right now, like we just mentioned, Elo Jimenez and Brad and Vlad Jr. have both just destroyed the Miners. I do think that this is going to be the most contentious negotiation between the two unions. So, and by the way, the players' association finally hired an actual negotiator
1: a law talking guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. As opposed to Tony Clark. Yep. Former first baseman. So it's going to be ugly.
2: Honestly, Josh, the, the owner should should hire you that was that was a really like legitimately the first compelling case I've heard for why Vlad shouldn't be in the majors and <laughs> it, no no I'm I'm not being facetious it like it does make sense that like you're you're going to lose someone and that's obviously not just about Vlad at that point and that's something obviously the Jays are considering too
1: there should Rising not available. be three or four reasons to keep your very best player off yeah. the roster this is the problem
2: I, I don't like that josh has convinced me but he has convinced me nonetheless
0: but <laughs> well, here's the thing that, that's it right like i don't want that to be the case you don't want that yep. to be the case neither of you i mean nobody wants vlad jr not to be up right now but just there are like you said there are reasons
1: yeah i'm not i'm the only reason i'm not upset at the blue jays is because the blue jays are doing what's in the blue jays best interests here legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it, it, it's not good for the baseball on the field, but it's good for the long-term business. <sighs> well, I think we, we hashed that out. Uh, John Gibbons is sick and tired of all this BS, obviously. <laughs> 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 um, or, or he's, you know, had a good run, and he's pretty happy with how things have turned out. One of those two things. Did we already say our farewells, Josh, to John?
0: I think we've talked about it in the past. Like, it'll be sad to see Gibby go. He's been fun to have around.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm I am definitely going to miss the tenor of the the post being press conference um etc. cetera, et cetera from, from I mean the
0: the interview is done at a 45 degree angle. Oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh any guy who genuinely appears to occasionally get thrown out of a game so he can start his drinking early. Is my kind of manager, and that's not the only reason he's my kind of manager. <laughs> he just seems like such a genuine human being. So we'll see what the what the Blue Jays get next go around. But but this appears to be, from all reports, it for John Gibbons.
0: Yeah. Yep. Sad.
1: Yeah. Well, he Hopefully, had a good run. And
0: actually, yeah, he hope- doesn't want to be around. Like you said, he doesn't want to be. He said he doesn't really want to be part of rebuild or. He didn't straight up say that. But he basically said it. And why would he, right?
2: Yeah. My hope is just he gets another job in the majors.
0: Um, I think he will, yeah. if he wants it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I think a lot of guys would have him on on their coaching staff in in a heartbeat. Um, and I, you know, I don't think he would be. He went to coaching in KC. You know, when he, when he got fired as Blue Jays manager the first time, I, I I think he's, you know, he doesn't seem to be that ambitious a guy, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, let's get to Strowman and Sanchez. Uh, I believe it was last week, uh, Nick, I don't know if you caught it. Uh, Josh and I talked and said, you know, the, one of the important things here is to see that Strowman and Sanchez show us what they've got. As the season goes out, so we know how the starting rotation might line up next year in terms of the quality of those two pitchers. Because they're really, really critical to what the Blue Jays have to do going into the offseason. Right. Right. And then, and and then what (laughs) happened? I think what Stroman and Sanchez
2: said was it's really important to obscure what they potentially got. (laughs) So it's almost uh, completely... Unfathomable to figure out what they're going to be next year because yeah, I'm I'm completely at a loss. Like, if if they come out and have great years, I wouldn't be surprised, and if they combine for 60 innings pitched at like a five ERA, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised either at this point.
1: Um, Just for for those of you listening at home, uh, I did have. The ERA of those two guys in the last thirty days, just, just the last thirty days, because I mean that's that's pretty much an arbitrary end point. The the Aaron Sanchez ERA in the last thirty days is eight point seven nine. The Marcus Stroman ERA is eight point four four. Those, those are Stroman K- wins. Those aren't
2: their K- their K rates,
1: their K nines. Uh, no, no, th- those are problematic as well. As, as are the walk rates. Los <laughs> uh, well,
0: Sanchez so. Sanchez has actually been not so bad in terms of the strikeout. I mean, he struck out eight guys in six innings in his last start and only walked two. The problem is that he's not throwing hard, so he's getting hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of problems. <laughs>
0: well, and then, so this is sort of the the issue, right? So Marcus Stroman just blister issue every time he goes out now. He's this, he's this year's Aaron Sanchez at this point. He's He might not pitch again, which, you know, let's see what you've got no (laughs) hard pass yeah exactly um and sanchez one of the interesting things and I, i someone brought this up on twitter i think it was wade um and i agree with this part of the issue is that he couldn't have a proper off season of throwing and building arm strength so his velocity has been down all year so because he's been healthy aside from the flukiest of weird suitcase injuries <laughs> there's no reason he shouldn't have a regular off season this season so if he comes back out throwing hard right out of the gate next year that will give me more optimism obviously it doesn't help for the planning for next year but at least it helps for is this guy's ever, ever going to be good again
1: yeah I, I mean the blue jays this is the real problem the blue jays are, are building from like ryan barucki up instead of the top down when they're trying to come up with a rotation that's competitive next year, and you know Marcus Stroman has not been hurt all per se all year. Maybe he's had blister issues or not, but but his ERA has been sky high. Uh, they don't field his ground balls because the in the infield defense is suspect. Um, there's just all these huge question marks. So how do the Blue Jays make a four man rotation out of? Out of we don't know what, and then and make it competitive. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's enough people knocking on the door um, to make that happen without some serious trade slash free agent action going on.
2: Right, and I think though that has to do with that kind of like building up of the the Brandon Drurys and the Lourdes Guriels and the Billy McKinneys and basically all those infielders and outfielders that kind of look interchangeable. My thinking would be the Jays are going to try to trade. A couple of them for a pitcher of some sort.
0: <laughs> Good luck. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. I, didn't say, I, I didn't say a great pitcher. Yeah.
0: Yeah, or that they enough. would be successful, even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They really just need someone to pitch. But so Mark Shapiro addressed this, I think, I mean, somewhat. He didn't directly address it, but he talked about how this year they do plan to be active in free agency. I think it's going to be pitching pitching and more pitching because they have, as we've mentioned, nine million guys to play the positions, but they have no one to pitch. And so the, and there are a lot of guys that are free agents who are not great, and if you're just wanting guys to eat innings, you know go out and get a Lance Lynn or you know someone someone of that nature just to go pitch and be mediocre. I think that's what they're going to be doing. I mean, I don't like that, but I expect that's going to be the result.
1: And that's probably right, because right now the the best pitcher in the last month is as a starter is uh, Thomas Pannone. His ERA is 4.86, and that's driven by a 182 batting average on balls in play. So I'm sure that's going to be sustainable as he strikes out 2.7 guys per nine innings.
0: Oh, yeah. So fun (laughs) stat while we're on this topic. I, I tweeted this before. Can you name all of the Blue Jays pitchers who made at least one start this year? With an ERA under four with the team.
1: Uh, I know it's only one guy on the list. Is it uh, Ryan Barucki?
0: Nope. Damn. Tyler Clippard. Dang. Oh. <laughs> Tyler Clippard <laughs> made a start in which he gave up two runs in one inning. But his ERA is under four and he's the only one.
1: Um, I don't have a sad trombone button. I keep going to <laughs> get one. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. And on that note, we are going to take a brief pause, uh, a swig of possibly whiskey, and come back with your question. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. The important pause to refresh. And now that we are refreshed, I look for the uh, right spot to introduce the questions, which uh, I think is right about here
2: time now to hear from our listeners that just seems silly here are the rules first i ask a question then you ask a question how does that sound sweetheart
1: could you repeat the question please uh the volume of questions has tapered off and i don't blame people but the quality of the questions has not i just want to make that 100 percent clear minor leaguer asks if you were commissioner, would you have, A, allowed Josh Donaldson to remain on trade waivers after he was pulled from his rehab game in Dunedin, I believe his first rehab game, and B, allowed Cleveland to place him on the DL and start rehabbing right away? Nick, would you have allowed these things if you were the commissioner?
2: Um, I mean, in terms of the, the Jays putting him on waivers, I'm kind of of the mindset that like the more transactions, the better, in terms of just keeping like fans interested and engaged. Uh, and then in terms of the, the rehab games, I did think it was kind of cool. Like one of the stories from last week was Donaldson hit a grand slam in a playoff game for the Columbus Clippers, I believe was the team. Oh, sorry. Against the Columbus Clippers. Uh, and I thought that was kind of like a cool little story. So, I mean, it doesn't bother me per se. That said, if, you know, the Jays were doing anything that's going to, make them lose international slot money or draft picks, then.
0: So I think we've got know. established a trend here where Nick doesn't actually listen to the question. Yes. Yeah. And yes. just sort of answers. It's like a no. experiment. It's like a, it's like an ink blot test, a word <laughs> no. association. If no, you I were commission. commissioner. I would. Yes, <laughs> I would
2: allow it. I would allow it because of all the things I just said.
0: So you'd be corrupt. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you do understand that they traded an injured player advertising of is not injured which is specifically prohibited in the trade well, deadline
0: rules no i just want nick commissioner i want a commissioner who openly does <laughs> makes rulings based on the blue jays that would be amazing uh, yeah, uh, so no. uh, the first rehab game so for me it's a yes i would allow him to remain on the trade waivers after being pulled from the first game because he played and it just could have been like he's only going to play a few innings and because the second one that he was supposed to sit out with soreness never happened Allow that, but the Cleveland put him back in the DL. I don't think so.
1: So does Cleveland have to bring him up for one game?
0: No, they got to. Yes, actually, he's got to play.
1: Okay, and then he plays. Okay, well, then they don't. They roster him but he doesn't play in the first game because they decide to play somebody else at third base and then they DL him the next day. What's no, the difference? No, he's
0: got he's to gotta show an actual situation that could cause him to be re-injured. If he's healthy enough to be traded, he has to play.
2: But, like, there's so many nefarious DL stints, I feel like, especially this time of year. Like, is Cleveland really doing anything that other teams aren't?
1: What if Josh well, Donaldson goes the DL slammed his finger in his suitcase? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. It wasn't her on the plane. Yeah.
1: he couldn't couldn't demonstrate that he could play in that case if you you know i it it would be tough to prove what was going on there
0: but i mean the the problem was this was prearranged. it wasn't like you know like oh he's oh we, we examined him and he's still hurt they had called him to talk about this plan and because that happened it shouldn't have been allowed exactly
1: I, I agree. I, I I would allow him to remain on trade waivers because he's still trying to get into games and, and there was never a game where he was actually held out because he was not able to play just by a fluke, like you said. But I, sorry, you, you can't play him. I'll put him on the DL right away. Um, You just, you just can't. But, oh, well, that's Nick Deca for Commissioner yeah nick more atkins, trades commissioner of the blue jays um
2: allow allow them to trade
1: donaldson back to the jays now i
0: yeah. like this you can be a commissioner and you've already told atkins to hire me as a, some random position so let's go with that
1: no no you're you're the uh, mlbpa lawyer
0: or oh, the negotiator even better yeah,
1: there you go i'm negotiating
0: That's... for the league nick you're commissioner i'm your lead negotiator <laughs> perfect yeah
1: from from Rowdy Lucas at Split Letters. Uh by the way, this is this is possibly that example of bandwagon jumping we might be cautioning people against. Uh he asked if you were the front office, what players would you be targeting specifically this off season? Josh, uh you're good at Kristen, these. I'm not. Christian
0: Yelich. Oh, wait, no. That was that would have been really good last year. <laughs> so, I mean, the real answer is Bryce Harper and Manny Machado because they'll be awesome when your team's ready, but because I'm going to ground this in somewhat reality. It's it's like the guys I talked about before. It's just pitchers. Just whoever's available that will take your money, really. So it's like someone like Lance Lynn wants to take another short deal. Go for it. Trevor Cahill, even, well, no, not Marco Estrada. I think his time is done. But Nathan Nibaldi, someone like that, who just wants to show that they're healthy and have a good full season. Matt Harvey, those are the guys you go after. And then fill your bullpen the same way they've done the last few years, or just whoever's left.
1: I could go with the healthy Nathan Eovaldi uh, just for fun. At least
0: it has someone who throws
1: hard. Exactly. Graduate <laughs> of ball-so-straight University. <laughs> um, question. Sorry, Nick, do you have a preference for who they go after?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's those kind of guys. One, one guy I think they might try to go after is Sabathia only signed a one-year deal, and I know uh, the Cleveland front office really likes him, and
0: i don't think he's Uh, coming here though
1: really i think sabathia i mean they tried hard to get
0: him last year and he said he was basically yankees to retire so
1: yeah i think he's until the moon crashes into the earth yeah
0: yep (laughs) me too (laughs) it'd be great like i'd love that target but i I just i think he's staying in new york
1: yeah all right chris shaw at the shaw under the underscore shock kr the shocker so the shocker yes should the front office just shouldn't the front office just send martin and melee home for the rest of the season to be with their babies um did martin go on maternity leave or paternity leave did i miss that
0: i don't think he did but i can just pretend to (laughs) skip one um yeah Uh,
1: i don't know Is, is that a legitimate strategy you think nick
2: um i don't know i mean i'm sure i'm sure if i was in their position i'd be probably really torn as to wanting to spend time with my my newborn child. But uh yeah, I mean, I don't know this is I know I'm not answering the question that was asked, but uh, <laughs> I, I do think it is the question made me just realize just how much of like these athletes' time is really taken up by their job. And like even normal things like being home with your children is not in the cards for these players for a lot of the year. Um yeah. and that's gotta yeah. be hard.
0: By the way, here's how much I'm paying attention right now. Russell Martin's on pretending leave right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so he could maybe just stretch it out a couple days and then DL stint and boom, stay home.
0: But I mean, this is the, sort of the problem that, like with this whole roster, right? Solarte just came back too. And when Drury comes back, if he comes back, how do you find playing time for all these guys? With 36 guys on the roster, I mean, it's going to be really tough. <laughs> Have fun on your way out, John.
1: <laughs> and there's three weeks left in the season. So, yeah. Uh, who knows? The Four 40... catchers,
0: eight shortstops. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the 48th Toronto City Councillor at Beach Chips asks, are there any internal replacements for Gibby? Also, are there rebuilding managers versus contending managers?
0: Josh. So, re- with regards to the... The answer is yes. I mean, there's managers like Gibby, for example, and Dusty Baker. Player, managers who are sort of let-them-play types. Just trust your veterans to go out and do their thing. Those are not the guys you want as your rebuilding manager. And that's pretty much a consensus type thing, and that's why John Gibbons won't be back. As for internal guys, I've been hearing a lot of people sort of Stump for John Schneider, who's the current double A manager, because he was brought up along essentially with Bo Bo Jackson, (laughs) Bo Bichette, and Vlad Jr. He was there, he was the manager in Dunedin last year, and then he came up to double A this year. So I could see him being a fit, or Bobby Meacham, the Buffalo manager.
1: I've heard stubby clap, but just because i not in the
0: Blue Jay system, but yeah, I just
1: like saying stubby clap. As the actual name that a person uses on a day to day basis is unbelievable. Canadian
0: hero Stubby Clap. Come on.
1: Okay. Fair enough. What
0: is that? Oh, uh, not me. Oh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Stubby Clap is apparently going to be in a lot of shortlists for managers this year. So it would be interesting if he was the Blue Jays one because it would go. I guarantee people complain oh, they just hired the Canadian for PR. You know, he can't win. No.
1: No, you can never win as a Canadian because you have to be the greatest whatever of all time and be Canadian at the same time, and that never happens. Um, that concludes our, our questions feature. You had uh, brought to my attention, and and, I, and then I, I went a little more in-depth, Josh, a gold star opportunity for uh, not a Blue Jay, but we're we're going to hand one out anyway. I think that's rather brilliant.
0: So I did good, right?
1: I mean, I have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. Yes, yes. Uh, as I said in the opening, from the if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying category, Todd Fraser made an incredible catch in the stands uh, the other day, right right into the front row, practically on his face. There's chips flying and people moving their drinks out of the way. Uh, got the out, though. And that's not why he's getting a gold star, is it, Josh?
0: Nope. <laughs> so... You kind of lied there when you said he made a great catch. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he convinced the important person that he made a great catch.
0: It's just it was fantastic work. So for those who haven't seen it or, you know, it's been everywhere since. But Todd Fraser dove into the stands to try to catch a ball. It hit his glove. And as he was going into the stands, he did drop it. But another ball happened to roll down into where his glove was. It was a rubber baseball that some fan had. And so he put that into his glove to show the umpire. And Alex Verdugo, the hitter, was called out. But of course, Frazier is now back on the field holding a rubber baseball. So he just quickly tosses it to a fan to make sure that they couldn't check to confirm that he had the right ball.
1: The speed with which he divests himself of the ball after the out call is remarkable. It's like like he's the most generous third baseman ever.
0: (laughs) And the best is he just straight up admitted it. (laughs)
1: You could see him in the dugout five minutes later talking about how it like making big hand motions as to how he did not in fact catch the ball.
0: But here's here's the true gold star of this. So this was in L.A. Quote Fraser, it is Hollywood. Sometimes you've got to act out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: we get a gold star. Not for cheating. Uh, but for justifying our cheating. That's truly where it's at. Well, gentlemen, it has been an interesting podcast, to say the least. Uh, We didn't really talk about the games because, as we know, they're not important. But given that, do we have a final thought? Uh, I will turn it to Nick first uh, to take us out into next week.
2: Um, Yeah, so I know we were talking about this a little bit before we... Uh, went on the air and we talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show but just uh, I, I mentioned to Josh that since Kendrick Morales's home run streak ended he's batting 188 with a 40 weighted runs created press and I just thought it was a good reminder that like we really do need as much information as possible when we're trying to establish the level of like ability that these players can play at. And it's really exciting to see Billy McKinney mash and Rowdy Tell has come up and the story is great, but it, it's just one of those things where full season statistics are so much more predictive than anything in any one month span of time.
0: And, you know, we, we also sort of got into the conversation on streakiness, right? Yeah. Whether the Jays are streakier than most teams. And I think the answer is Yes. And I think the reason for that is because they have so many guys who just don't take walks. Right. Uh, it's these situations we get these guys who swing at everything. they have one, two, three, four guys with over 350 plate appearances that are under 300 on base percentage, and then two more at 303? Where's that if sad phone tram- button? <laughs> yeah, this is a really <laughs> sad podcast. But yeah, you know. So, and then some of these guys, I think they just—if you swing at everything—you're going to go throw get on hot streaks for when they're falling, as we alluded to, right off the top of the season with Kevin Pilar, and as we saw with um, Lourdes Gurriel. But when they're not, you're going to look really, really bad.
2: Right, and walking is the one way to insulate yourself from those basically batted ball luck, because if you're walking, you're able to. It doesn't. Walking doesn't involve. Uh, having to have a ball fall in for a hit, right? if If you get the base, you get the base. and And that's why I think guys like even justin smoke are are so valuable to to an offense because a lot of his value does come from his ability to to get on base,
0: yeah. and on this topic, second on the team in among three hundred and fifty plate appearances or more, and on base percentage, Russell Martin, he's hitting one ninety four, but he's on base at three thirty eight.
1: Yeah, it's wow. the only reason he has any offensive value at all is because he didn't leave that, that zone of, of, or sorry, he didn't leave his zone judgment behind when he sl- started slumping with the bat. <clears throat> um, also, I think really you, you watch good teams like um, the Red Sox and, and the Yankees, and, and they do exactly what Josh was talking about. They grind you, they wear out pitchers, and they put men on base. Even if they don't score all the time, Guys on base makes it more difficult than the opposing pitcher. And, you know, 15, 16, 17 strikeouts in a nine inning game, not that tough on the opposing pitchers. Definitely not. Do you have a separate but similar final thought, Josh?
0: Not similar at all. Um, I'm just going to go with the silly and fun. So we're talking about the goofiness that ends the season and trying to find things to root for. You know, like Roddy Tellez, for example, or watching some of these kids. Well, there's also the kids down in the minors, and they're doing their own version of weird, fun things. For Dunedin, this was pointed to us by Colleen Evans. Nash Knight played all nine in- nine positions on the field in the last game of the season. Groovy. Not to be outdone. <laughs> Two days later, Brandon Polizzi did the same thing for the Vancouver Canadians. Wow.
1: Um, yeah, you can't really do much harm in one inning. Isn't that what we're really saying?
0: Yeah, but just, you know, giving the fans something fun to watch and enjoy when the games mean nothing. And we'd like, and that's, this is sort of the, goes back to that call for Vlad Jr. or just something, right? Just something that for the rest of the season that us to point to and say, that's what we want to see.
1: All right. My final thought is uh, sometimes things get weird in the other direction uh, in Philly. The Citizens Bank Park, apparently someone forgot to put the tarp out, perhaps, uh, for a day or two, and it rained a lot, uh, to the point that the infield was very, very spongy, and the Mm -hmm. Nationals didn't want to play on it, uh, which is understandable. Now, I always thought it was because our ground was turf was too hard in Toronto that was the problem but I guess there's a there's a happy medium the solution there in Philadelphia was to take a uh, blowtorch slash flamethrower like device (laughs) to the dirt and attempt to not burn the ballpark in or (laughs) I don't even know the fact that they had on hand a device for attempting to burn the infield dry is just Mind blowing to me. There's sparks flying. <laughs> so
0: and they failed,
1: by the way. Oh yeah, it didn't work. No, I no shot at that actually working. <laughs> All right. That is to say that uh, you have been Josh Hausam at Joshua Hausam, and you uh, have also been uh, Nick dica at Nick dica and I have been Greg Woznouski at Coolhead Twenty Ten. And this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 117. We'll talk at you perhaps a little bit before next week.